0: Spiritual Life Center.
1: Ask, seek, knock. I think that says it all. Let's go home. (laughs) Ah. You know, years ago, I was part of a a spiritual community. And there came a time that the, the building needed a new roof. And when they went up there to inspect the roof, they had a discovery that was not a pleasant discovery. They discovered that there was asbestos in the roof. And so is it was going to be a lot of money to replace, you know to, to excavate it, do it, clean it up? I think they had to bring people in there when they had these look, look like spacesuits on and, and so forth, and it was going to cost like over a hundred thousand dollars, and for us at that time, it may as well have been a million dollars because it was really no difference. We really didn't have the funds to do it, at least so we thought. And so people were sitting around trying to figure out what to do and could we come to an agreement that somehow there was a solution? And they asked everybody in there, well, do you think there's a solution to this? And everyone said to the person, absolutely not. We can't figure this out. <laughs> but then someone said along the way that, you know, we come from the presence of God. And, you know, you know, God is abundant, rich. So one of the uh, people went to the bank and Asked for a loan, and somewhere along the way, they asked, Where's your collateral? And his response was, We have a rich father. <laughs> so ultimately, I don't know what he said because he was there by himself. He made an offer he could not refuse, but he came out with the money, and that took care of that. He like said, I don't know what he said, but it worked. But I think one of the things that really worked is he walked in there radiating a sense of abundance, radiating an absolute sense of prosperity without a doubt. And so this segues into our last week of our theme we've been kind of loosely working on this month called spiritual prosperity. And of course, when we're talking about spiritual prosperity, we're talking about a sense of wholeness. We're talking about a sense of well-being, We're talking about when we have a balanced life. We're talking about the power and the love of God flowing through us in so many different ways and in so many different areas of our life. And of course, it includes health because we know that health is wealth. It includes money and circulation of money and creative work, play. It includes those right relationships and getting that perfect guidance. It includes all of that. But it also begins with the right perception of the source of everything that we have. The source of the supply. Because the root of this supply, the root of this abundance, is not material. It is not even necessarily visible. You know, there was a, a time in which uh, there were some three young men who were going to be initiated into the next phase of their life. and. One of the parts of the initiation, they had to go out into their country and bring back what they thought was the most valuable asset that they could find. And so one person went out, and he came back, and he found a satchel full of gold. And he's in, and I guess the initiate said, oh, that's good. And, and the next person came back with a whole bunch of diamonds. And the last guy came back, and he had a, his fist balled up. And he walked up to the guy, and then he just opened up his fist, and there was nothing in there. And people were baffled. What do you mean? You know, this is nothing I can see that's valuable. And he said, no. He said the most important thing, the most valuable thing that there is, is an idea. Because an idea can bring about anything that you want. It's invisible. So really, ideas is that invisible, intangible substance that can shape. That which is behind everything that we see. So there's something that's within all of us. It's a spiritual quality. These things that we call the invisible substance, and it's as spiritual as pieces. It's as spiritual as harmony. It's as spiritual as beauty. Our spiritual good, our spiritual prosperity, our spiritual supply is in that realm. So today we're building on this topic, except Receive and claim your good. Now, when we think about the consciousness of acceptance, we're really talking about opening up ourselves to accept the good that this presence, this power, this force has already given us. It's already in existence. So we have to think of ourselves as being on a training program to attract it that what we're doing, we're training the universe, we're training others how to treat us by how we treat ourselves. Because who we are, how we show up, how we're radiating, really determines what it is that we're bringing into our life. I had a teacher in high school, and she was a wonderful English teacher, and, and she was she was really good. She, she actually got National Teacher of the Year in inner city school back then, at that time. And She had invited us to her apartment to help us out with some applications for school, college, you know, and preparing for the different tests. And she had one room that was just magnificent. It was like, it looked like it came from a mansion or something. And it had this beautiful decor and all these furnishings and paintings that she had gotten from different places. And I had one classmate, I don't know if you ever had a friend like this, they have no filter, they'll just say anything. He said, how could you get all of this? And you're just merely a teacher. How do you get all this great stuff? And she said in a very you know, calm and polite way and very patient way, you know, all of this took time. But this is a special place that I spend a lot of time while I am in my apartment. And therefore, I only allow the most beautiful things to come in. Because when I bring in those things, it shows how much I think about myself and also reflects how I treat myself. You know, there's a statement that says you train the universe and you train others by how you treat yourself. And to the degree we treat ourselves magnificently, then we have enrolled the entire universe in our training program as how we want to be treated So we must begin to accept, I mean, accept on a deep level, on a profound level, that not only do we deserve the best, but we are the best as far as God has to offer because God did not make junk. God never made a spare part. God never made any mistakes. God never accidentally created anything. And who and what we are is the best as far as God is concerned toward us. So as we begin to take time to treat ourselves well, that's how we begin to create this point where we begin to attract the same very things in our life. So we want to talk to ourselves nicely. Some people, they don't talk to ourselves nicely. I don't know about you every once in a while. I'll be saying, mess up, and I'll just call myself, oh, you idiot, you crazy person. You know, um, you know, I may not say that, but anyway. Um, <clears throat> we say things to ourselves, and what we're doing, we're reinforcing a sense of lack and less than in ourselves. So we want to encourage ourselves. We want to love ourselves first. As someone says, we always need to be our own best cheerleaders. Because if nobody's cheering for you but yourself, then that's the best thing that you can always get. Because I believe it's impossible to accept the goodness of this great universe. It's impossible to accept what is God's pleasure to give us if we're not training the universe to respond to that pure, that very deep intention of how we are treating ourselves. And I've come to understand, at least in my own experience and talking with others, it is not what we ask for, what we pray for in our life. It's really about who we are. That determines what it is that shows up. How are we vibing in our life? So we want to say with certainty I am the best that God has to offer as me, because God created me as an unrepeatable, magnificent spiritual phenomenon that has fullness of God right where I am. Therefore, it's my duty, it's my responsibility, it's my charge, it's my mandate to fully accept this presence this love, this beauty, and let it shine as me. We want to remind ourselves on a regular basis, I am an important to this grand scheme, this dynamic scheme of things. Therefore, I have to begin with me and treat myself magnificently. And when we do that, When we feel that, when we vibe with that, we have put ourselves in a position to accept the good that the Spirit of God has for us. Because if we're not being that, then we're blocking the good from coming to us. And when we begin to get to the point where we accept who we are, then what happens? We're ready to receive. We're ready to receive once we are accepting ourselves. There's a scriptural reference in the Gospel of John, the first chapter in the 12th verse. It says, as many as those receive, I'm paraphrasing, receive the power in the presence of God as their life, have the power to gain all that God is as their life. Part of being receptive to receive all that this infinite presence has to offer requires that we sometimes just be vulnerable. There must be an Openness. There must be a vulnerability, a pliability, a flexibility for this something that is surrounding us to totally saturate our awareness. And then we become the activity of our awareness. You know, more often than not, you know, we become vulnerable when we go through a crisis. You know, it's kind of like then when we realize that, okay, maybe what I'm doing ain't working. Is as if we are encoded with you know, a wake-up call that we place within ourselves you know, before we even took this human incarnation. And maybe we say to ourselves, sometime before I step into this, this way of being, this dimension, if I kind of fall asleep, if I'm a sleepwalker in life, let me encode myself so if I get off track a little bit, if I fall into that low vibration of viewing life, If I begin to live somebody else's dream or fantasy, that a crisis will erupt and it will pull me right back into what I am. And so we have to be vulnerable enough to catch God's idea, God's vision for our life, and walk that path. You know, I look at that because in my own experience, when my life fell apart, when, you know, due to addictions and riotous living and so forth, I realized at some point, my ideas about life ain't working out too well. I am now open to suggestions. <laughs> because I believe that it's true that life did not begin at birth, and it does not end with death. Yeah, we shuffle off the mortal coil, but we've encoded ourselves with an inner remembrance, a wake-up call, calling us back to center, getting us back in tune with who and what we are. Now, in a human condition, When we get to that point, we may be going through a crisis and it looks like a loss. There might be a sudden turn of events, but that's when we become vulnerable enough to catch our real meaning and purpose for being here on the planet. You know, oftentimes people come to places like Unity or other New Thought or just philosophy like this after they've gone through a crisis. Maybe they had a divorce. Maybe they've had some financial setbacks. Maybe they've had some health challenges or some variation of one of those. And in order to stay open and available, they realize after the crisis or during the crisis, they want to add to their prayer work or to their meditation time a space in that time with themselves where they say, you know, I don't really know anything. I may be dating myself, but I used to watch this program called Hogan's Hero. and Do you remember Sergeant Schultz? Now those who used to watch that, and he used to say, I know nothing. I know nothing. And I think there comes a time in our prayer work where we are sitting down after we've talked to the presence of God, after we've listened, after we've spoken the word, we've gone through whatever is our particular routine may be. There is a time where we finally say, you know, everything I may have been doing may be absolutely wrong. My intention may have been absolutely pure. My intention may have been kind of on point, but perhaps I was off of what I was trying to accomplish, maybe what I was going for, what I was praying about, and it's not working out. We want to add to our spiritual practice that sense of humility, and we end up saying, you know, let me be open. And when we're open, we're in the position to receive everything that this presence, this force, has to offer us. You know, I was at a conference once, and they had some music directors there. There was one music director that had a had you know had one of these mass choirs, and you know, had award-winning music and so forth. And it was just you know some magnificent work that she had done. And someone asked that person. Well, how did you do it? And her response was, I don't know. And when you don't know nothing, God can tell you everything. There's people who know everything that, you know, they don't care. You really can't tell them anything. They're not going to really advance that much. Sometimes they're very dangerous. People say, well, I already know everything. I say, okay, well, nothing I can do for you. But she had an openness. She had a vulnerability. I don't know anything, God. Show me, I'm receptive. So I think the first thing to do for when we begin to get in tune with the spiritual prosperity or abundance or whatever we want to call it, we have to accept, And most we're accepting ourselves as being magnificent expressions of this presence and radiating that, vibrating that, because that's what shows up in our life. And then we have to be open to setting aside our preconceived ideas of how things should be and flexible enough to accept something that may be unexpected. And then we're able to claim our good. We can even use the word demand our good because we can place a claim or a demand on the universe that corresponds to the point where you and I have yielded to our purpose in life. I don't believe we can make a demand till we have yielded to why we are here. What is our purpose? Sometimes a lot of people want to demand the universe to do this or to do that. They want to have demand that all their needs be met. They want to demand that right and perfect person to show up in their life. They want to demand the abundance. They want this or that, but they're not in league. They're not in harmony. They're not in tune. They're not in alignment for the reason that they are here on the planet. And to the degree that we are living our purpose, whatever it may be, it doesn't have to be some grand, magnificent thing. There was a woman who, who was, all she did was help kids across the street as a crossing guard. And she had an influence on so many people in that community, from the oldest who had been there, to their children, to their grandchildren. And when she passed away, people came from miles around because of her impact. She yielded to her purpose, and she was magnificent. I think to the degree that we are living our purpose, we can make any kind of demand. And we have to say that I'm the best that God has to offer. I just need, I need to make sure I know why I'm here. We just need to be committed to that vision that spirit has for us. And whatever that recognition is, that whatever it is, you, we are operating at a high level of commitment. We're engaged with our heart and soul, and there's a tremendous amount of spiritual energy that is released that maybe up until that point is not released until we're committed to what is happening in our life. In other words, when we're committed, when we begin to go all in, even if we're committed and we're moving in the wrong direction, we'll be sidetracked, yes. At some point, we realize we're not going in the right direction, but we'll be placed to go in the right direction eventually. But if we're not committed to something, oh, we'll drift aimlessly. The world will tell us what to do or what to believe about ourselves. And we'll fall into the collective belief system that comes through the internet. God, don't do that. If you commit yourself to something, even if you're wrong, you eventually, you run into a wall. It'll stop us, but the talent, and the skill that you develop along the way, moving in that direction, will be used when you get in the right direction. I thought about a, a classmate of mine when I was in college, and he—he uh, he was a good basketball player, but he never—he was always on the—you know—he didn't really get to play. You know, he went to practice early, stayed late, worked out, studied the plays, really, really was all in but he wasn't making any progress, and he was always not getting a chance to play, and he was going through his own existential crisis. He did all of that work and nothing seemed to be paying off. But he was big, and so, you know, the football coach decided to come to him and say, why don't you come out and try football? He had never played before, but he did go out, tried football, and he was awesome. He didn't realize how good he was. But the whole idea is that all that work that he had done in going what was not his path was used when he got on the right path. So I understand that someone told me that when it's our will, we'll run into a wall. So even if we're committed, it's okay because we're redirected because we have that crisis. It'll wake us up it'll get us back in tune with who and what we are, and everything that we've done along the way will be used to move us further. Because when we're in tune with who and what we are, the universe energizes it all. Whether it's our individual life, whether it's our business life, whether it's our spiritual communities, when we're in alignment with our purpose, this dynamic, inexhaustible energy sustains the effort. So even if we're moving in the wrong direction, There's an energy that is released anyway, and ultimately that energy will come together maybe as a wall temporarily, and we'll increasingly get diminishing returns in that direction, but everything we've developed along the way will be used when we get back on track. The intensity that we develop, the drive, the courage, the tenacity, the patience, wherever we move forward, all of that we've acquired will be developed and used when we're right on what path that we should be. And we move from our potential to the actual expression of why we are here. And then God will use everything that we've developed for the purpose. You know, when we're in league with that idea that God has for us, whatever that vision that is there for us. And we all have it. We just may not know it at this moment. It's always there. But we just go for it and begin to have it revealed to it to us. The best God has to offer his concern begins to express itself through us. And when we begin to get in tune, then we can demand anything. We can demand that peace be the order of the day. We can demand that abundance flow through us like mighty rivers. We can demand that We're showered and surrounded by the loving presence of God in the form of people, in the form of companionship, in the form of partners, all of our needs being met. And with authority, we can command the winds to cease. And we're talking about the winds of negativity, the waves of lack. We can utter a command and being in league with that command, it will respond to our voice. It will respond to our word. But we cannot claim our good until we have yielded to our purpose. I think that's the thing that's most important. When we're on purpose with a purpose, stuff just falls into place. You know, the good that we're claiming is an invisible flow. That's why we talk about the spiritual stuff, it's invisible. That's why there's so much encouragement, I think, around our prayer work, without our meditation, to activate that faculty within our soul that allows us to see beyond what our sight can take in, see other dimensions of what's real. Right where we're waiting for, whatever we're waiting for, it becomes part of our wildest imaginations because we're tapping into the invisible. When we clearly see this we start modifying our language. We no longer say, you know, we really can't make that work. That's impossible. We can't afford that. Uh, We get get rid of that dreadful disease that many people are afflicted with. It's a disease that's called, my funds are low. (laughs) You don't want to have that disease. We drop that disease. We no longer say things like there's no idea exists on God's earth that can foster lasting peace. Instead, we say, let me see how this great universe is going to handle this. How can I be open to it? Because if this universe is spitting out galaxies and cosmos and multidimensional universes, it can more than handle our temporary setbacks and challenges, whatever they may be. It has a perfect idea for what peace can be in our life and in our world. We just have to claim it and know that it is already done in the mind and the heart of spirit. There's a statement in Scripture that says that you are the delight of God brought up before the creations of the world. We are the delight of God. We're it. All of it. And we're here to be masters of infinite goodness. Let's claim it for ourselves, no matter what we're going through. In fact, if you don't don't mind, just affirm with me. All that God is, I am. All that God is, I am. I'm ready to receive my good. good. I I claim my good now. Yeah, we don't have to wait for it. You know, it may show up later, but we claim it now and then manifest as we begin to radiate it, feel it, vibrate at it. And understand, it's not about our little life only, because we're about something bigger than ourselves. You know, we're really about, you know, once we get our structures in order, we're really about developing an educational system that breeds geniuses for the greater good. We're about a society that develops businesses that is not just merely for profit but service to humankind. We're about creating society that sponsors and helps budding artists of all walks of life grow into the aesthetics and the beauty and have a high profile in our world. It's about building that kingdom of God on earth in this instant. And it happens simply by you and me becoming more In order to have more, we must be more. And we be more by accepting our good, accepting who we are. Then we become open and receptive to the largest of this magnificent world. And then we just claim it. We just demand it. And it shows up and is anchored on our earth. Because this is why we are here. God needs us to shine God's light. Let's go forth and do it. Peace and blessings to you.
0: We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Transforming Life